Hey everybody, Mark here. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we have a really fun episode today with Javon Washington, our guest speaker from this past weekend. We get to hear a little bit more about his message. He and Phil share some stories about when they used to do ministry together. And Phil even shares his rapper name. Yep, you heard that correctly. As well as dive in and orbit around the question of does God exist? So really fun episode. But before we get started there, I want to remind you that we have our spiritual formation retreat coming up in a couple weekends. So if you want to get away into the Redwoods, go spend time with God in prayer with other people from our community, we'd love for you to join us to do that. As well as you might have noticed or seen uh, Menlo Moments, which is a special episode of the Menlo Midweek Podcast. This is something that we're going to be releasing where we're just sharing stories of people in Menlo's community uh, with really impactful stories to tell. So it could be personal stories about how they got to Menlo, things that have gone on in their lives. But these have been some of the most fun conversations I've had, some of the most intense conversations I've had. So be on the lookout for those. Those are released uh, both on wherever you can get podcasts as well as on YouTube. So without any more of my talking, let's go ahead and jump into today's conversation. Hey, everybody. My name is Mark. And I'm Jessica. And we have two people with us today. Whoa. Phil. What's of up, course. everybody? Good to see and you. And our guest speaker the one, for this past the only, weekend. The man, the, the myth, the Javon legend. Washington. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> He's here. What a fun midweek this is. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, Javon, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, you, you introduced yourself, said you were uh, from Seattle, and mm-hmm. Phil introduced you as a rapper oh, God. turned <laughs> preacher. It. So now's your Prove time it. to shine. Yep. We're oh, so excited. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, we got to be going. Boom, <laughs> boom. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Sight. <laughs> Not going to happen. Right, well. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, guys. I tried. Yeah. It so, felt 50 50. I, I, I thought it might happen, actually. You know, I, you know, I almost did it, but I had enough bass. But, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, it's chocolate people need bass. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, um, yeah, like, I uh, I grew up, you know, you know, in Seattle, all over the up and down the I 5 corridor. But, yeah, I started doing rap music. Kind of, you know, found that, and it so was, that was a real thing. It was a real thing. I was not lying. That's true. <laughs> you were not lying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's I think why the first I said, time, well, I doubt it. But I, I feel like the like, first time we yeah. ever really did ministry together, you came in and did rap for me. That is actually true. Wow. Really? Yeah. Yes, that's true. And you're still not like for so me personally, but like <laughs> well, in his interview. He was rapping at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to grab coffee? Well, here's the thing. At it, I just I want to rap first at this Starbucks, just right at no, yeah, in student ministry world. Yeah, yep, yep, student ministry because a lot of young people. Um, yeah. So I started doing rap, started doing music production. Okay. The first song I ever produced, a lot of people don't know this. You will know it now because um, you probably never heard of me. So that's why a lot of people don't yeah, know about this. But a guy by the name of Derek Miner, who a lot of people do know, owns a record label, RMG, with another guy named Doc Watson. Uh, he actually did the post-production on my first rap uh, production that I had ever did. And um, now his stuff is just everywhere. And then the second one that I did was for a record label that no longer exists. It's called Cross Movement. Um, I did a a record for them producing it. So I used to just love music producing (laughs) and, you know, doing doing rap music. But I at one point was like, you know, I just don't know if I want to keep doing this. But I've got to share the stage with people like. Dustin Kinsrew, oh, uh, yeah. people like Citizens and Saints, yeah. King's Kaleidoscope. Oh, Shout out to you, Chad. Call me. Call <laughs> uh, me too, dude. You're like my biggest hero. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I got a chance to do rap music with some people like that. So it's it's been cool, but I, I just felt like I just didn't want to rap anymore. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's also why I stopped rapping. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When the duo broke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a boy band. You guys get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The first rap so what, boy what band. What was your what was your rap name? Um P Drizzle. P Drizzle. Oh that my gosh. <laughs> that was it. Oh, that's a highlight for friends sure. Friends don't let friends pick rap names. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Dude, that's I didn't pick point. it. The streets did, you know? Dude, the streets oh the streets my gosh. gosh. The streets of where? <laughs> Uh, that's the streets of Bellevue, I think. Oh, okay. yeah, so it's like the streets of Candyland. That was like, <laughs> he drizzled. The streets of Candyland. I'm going to use that. The <laughs> mean streets. That's right. Got to watch how out. How did you two meet? Oh man, you, you wanna... we just said it. We just keep streets of Candyland. Um, <laughs> streets of Candyland. Yeah. So uh, Javon and I have a mutual friend named Brandon. Uh, Brandon and I linked up, and I feel like 
both Brandon and my relationship and you're in my relationship sort of started by doing some student ministry stuff together. But really, I feel like where we became friends was in both cases trying to help these young men uh, pursue women who I think, I don't know their level of interest in them, but now they're both married to them. Oh my gosh. And so I tried to just be, you know, Dr. Love a little bit to help them out and uh, be a sounding board. I know, I know. Um, I'm out here. I know, I know, I know. know. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. It's totally fair. I received that. Um, But yeah, then, I mean, I think Javon and I are just kind of cut from the same cloth in terms of ministry philosophy and um, you know, I, obviously Javon is a tremendously gifted communicator. And so I've enjoyed being able to kind of bounce ideas off of him. I think we, uh, are very active in the kind of Marco Polo world. So we've stayed active, even just checking in with each other once we didn't live anywhere near each other. And mm-hmm. he would come speak for me from time to time in Colorado. And, uh, especially this conversation, um, I, I knew the kind of voice that I wanted to bring to this part of the series and Javon was gracious enough to bring it. So, but mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it, if you were here, you listened to it or you caught up, uh, it's just, I, I think Javon is uh, a super unique combination of gifts. Like he's strategic, he's thoughtful, he's a great leader, he understands kind of systems and volunteer culture, but he's also a like knockdown communicator. Mm-hmm. He's got some of that like kind of poetry in it, but he's mm-hmm. thoughtful, really, really thoughtful. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's just a, it's a combination I uh, envy and cause I can't copy it. I'll just have him come bring it. Sometime. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I will yeah. trade you. Oh, perfect. perfect. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, man, I love, I love Phil, man. And you know, we talk at least once a week, whether it's by phone, um, FaceTime, or Marco Polo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's one of those things. I even do think that in today's date is lost a little bit um, mm-hmm. about just friendship. And then even like, even though seasons of life change, we all, always know that sometimes relationships change and how they feel. Mm-hmm. And, and you just have to figure out how to kind of adapt with them. And so Phil's really been a dude who I've just respected a ton. His just uh, wisdom and encouragement is like, none other mm-hmm. he is uh taller and lighter skinned than yoda um and uh he's <laughs> he's true it's true <laughs> mm-hmm. he's been a blessing so um yeah m- meeting him getting a chance to do that and you know he was helpful and instrumental in helping me um figure out how to you know pursue my wife uh of now of 12 years we celebrated this oh, month awesome. Congrats. yes yes yeah. so thankful and you mentioned you had kids as well? Yeah, I got two kids, okay. um, Ryan and Sophia. Hey, Ryan and Sophia. Daddy <laughs> loves you. Uh, yeah, they are five and seven, and they're whirlwinds and crazy beautiful, and mm-hmm. I love them. Just, they're, just, they're amazing. It feels, it's so good to be able to be a parent. Um, it's very tiring, Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> um, and sometimes personal space is not a word or a phrase. <laughs> But it's been such a blessing. Um, and then my wife, uh, Heather, um, she uh, lives, um, she pre- previously had lived in the, the Philippines and uh, cool. places like, you know, California and Vancouver with her family. And now, you know, but majority of our family lives now um, in Seattle and then extended family all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you guys go back quite a bit. I want to know, Phil, what's something that we should know about Javon that we don't know about him right mm. now? Oh, man. Hey, you get you get to go after so you can start <laughs> thinking of your answer to Phil. Well, I feel like if you didn't already know this, I was going to tell you that he was a retired rapper because people think I'm joking, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not. Like, And he's he throws shade on himself, but you were good, dude. You were oh, good. Oh, thanks, man. Um, uh, I think um, th- probably a little bit more serious, but uh, Javon was like really involved on the team at Mars Hill, kind mm-hmm. of like right up into the um, time when, like, if you've listened to that podcast, mm-hmm. Javon has like he first he was in it, you know, and so we were. I was on staff at a church um, five minutes away from their broadcast location in the same town, and mm-hmm. um, so you know, praying for Javon and kind of just hearing updates about how he was walking through all that stuff and the Lord was really gracious to help him be able to leave well and um, pretty divine timing. But um, yeah, I think that he brings, uh, I think a lot of different church experience to the table, but candidly, like most people, when they go through an experience like that, they leave it pretty jaded, Mm -hmm. pretty cynical of faith and church. And um, I I think Javon had 
really wise eyes to be able to see what was happening and what wasn't happening and to be able to read a situation with nuance that if you weren't in Seattle, uh, you know, th that whole situation has no nuance because we don't mm -hmm. do nuance well. And so it's just, we just paint it with broad brushes. But for Javon, that wasn't a podcast. That was part of his life. And yeah. so uh, watching how you walked through that, man, was, was really impressive. Mm. Wow. Thanks, man. Yeah, I got Appreciate you. you. <laughs> <laughs> Javon, what should we know about Phil that we don't know about Phil? Man, besides his love of Lululemon mm -hmm. um, pants. Let's go. Um, <laughs> I just found that out last night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And apparently I'm going to. Yeah, I'm going to take him there. Yeah. He's, he's, been, he's been making fun of him. Like, let's try him on, bro. You, so, you might not so today's, feel that way. Today's, okay. today's, okay. today's okay. the day. Mm -hmm. They're doing a Lululemon Peloton collab. Heck yeah, they are. Come on. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah I Game respects game. <laughs> real, real, real recognize real. Yeah. Man, honestly, do you, I think one of the biggest things about Phil is that his, his, his temperament and wisdom is like, I've, I've, it's off the charts to me. Mm -hmm. I've, I've honestly never seen anything like it before. Um, and there's not like, there's a, there's a certain person that in order for you to be able to even give them like pieces of yourself of like trust of, and you have even just vulnerability, mm -hmm. like the wisdom and the heart of Phil like com commands that not mm -hmm. in a way of like, give it to me, you know, is really in the way of like, man, how could you not, want to walk with and mm. be in relationship with um, someone like that. And the wisdom is just off the charts. Uh, the a attention to detail, the boldness to ask the hard questions, the faith to um, believe that, you know, the mountain can be moved. Mm -hmm. And just the reality of saying, what can we do and what's the hard work that we're going to have to do? Mm -hmm. And one of the sayings that Phil has said, which has been super helpful for me in navigating my pastoral ministry and then also now my wife in the restaurant industry is that um uh, clarity is kindness mm -hmm. and so as mm -hmm. much as you can provide clarity like just these different things it's just very kind to people and so all these different things i've learned from phil have just been super intentional just is he is the like in the in the if he's just like a really good scalpel that is able to remove mm. like the the things that are harmful or or persons in danger of just with his wisdom. So I've just mm. I'm just baffled by his his wisdom and ability to look at these different things and just call it out, build a plan, and start working on it. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of it, it's like, yo, this is dope. This is like a beautiful <laughs> masterpiece. So, wow. yeah, he's 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 the real deal for real. Yeah, we're lucky to have him. Yeah, I'd say we'd ex we've experienced a lot of that in just the ten months he's been here. <laughs> has it only been ten months? <laughs> I was just doing the math in my head. Yep, October, right? God help you us started all. in January. Months, yeah, it feels like more than ten months. <laughs> well, then you guys are in for blessings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think, I mean. Like wisdom comes with, uh, wisdom comes from from life, comes mm -hmm. from pain, and mm -hmm. you know I think one of the gifts at Menlo that's, um, you know, like in this season has been that uh, we've experienced life together and we've experienced pain together, mm -hmm. and there was some pent up stuff that were hard things that had to get done, and um, that idea of clarity as kindness, like I, that's not a that's not a slogan for me, that's that's part of my life, and yeah. so we I think had a chance to walk through hard things, but hopefully hard things well. Uh, not perfectly. That's I, I don't have. I haven't mastered that part yet. But uh, and then I think you know, adding some personal pain onto that. You're always worried, like when you don't know somebody. Hey, is this who they really are? Um, and I think you know, I, I tell people all the time, like you should be nervous if you know people who don't have friends that they've been friends with for. 15, mm -hmm. 20, 25 years. Like mm -hmm. that just tells you something about what happens when they hit pain in their life. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so I'm just, you know, I'm thankful for people like Javon uh, in my life where, you know, we've, we've gone the distance as friends and I'm sure there's times when Javon's been annoyed with me and like our relationship gets to the other side of it and we are stronger because of it. And um, so I'm, I'm hopeful for that at Menlo. And, you know, I hope that the scale of, all the things that we've had to do in uh, year one is not the scale of all the things we have to do in year two that we're mm -hmm. able to mm -hmm. we're able to make incremental progress that's sustainable. But uh, yeah, ten months in, here we are. Yeah, definitely feels like some yeah, yeah complicated by personal loss, but 
it's like right. a dog year for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. one of the things that I've seen just since I've been here, just mm -hmm. visiting, has been really cool to see the energy of um, people like you guys mm -hmm. and the staff. And it feels like such a cool blessing to see just like how the, the navigation and just the gifts of, of all the people and, and all the things that are new or things that you guys are experiencing or doing is really cool to even just see I uh, see Phil with like some young bucks and uh, <laughs> and some other season season saints as well just yeah. being able to uh, tackle anything and everything for the glory of Jesus and for mm -hmm. the good of people mm -hmm. and I think it's just awesome yeah. yeah it's fun it's really fun and there's evidence of like you two trusting each other highly and speaking well of each other and when I heard we were getting a guest speaker for a series that's already like skeptic facing questioning facing people and then for phil to pass that off of is god real to someone else <laughs> i was like he has to have someone special in mind for this one yeah. that's not one that's not a se easy series it's not an easy ask and so well initially i wasn't available oh yeah yeah what you need i got you <laughs> yeah. and i'm just really I'm, I'm really blessed by and i think our community as well is blessed by your message this past weekend. And so if mm -hmm. you can just summarize it a little bit for those that might've missed it. And then mm -hmm. we got some questions for you and we can dive in from there. Yeah. I really, you know, it was just some of those questions uh, around, I think it's a good question to ask, you know, like, is there a God? Mm -hmm. I think that's a question that a lot of people ask themselves. Even if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you like, you, you if you don't hit times that you ask that question, I mean, you should ask that question. Um, and I think those times are coming if, if you haven't had them before. Um, and I think the reality is it makes it more and more real. Mm -hmm. And the question is a good question. And oftentimes, one of the ways to find the answer to questions is to ask not just, it's not to just answer it, but it's to ask more questions. Mm -hmm. And the reality is that I've had a lot of friends, you know, and some of them, as I mentioned in the sermon, that they actually helped me prepare. Mm -hmm. So even when me and Phil, we got on our joint and we did the uh, uh, the, the Instagram live, like yep. I sent that to my friends who would like help me prepare mm -hmm. for it. And they're like, yeah, let's 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 see it. Want to hear. So even when I'm preaching that it's from a perspective of it's not just some ethereal thing in my head that wants to talk about just prove an answer because this is the space that I'm in. Because I think it's a legitimate question. And I think once that's our answered, our questions are answered, that's when things can become real or to make sense for us. So to ask the question, is there a God, is very important. But I do think as important as it is to humanity, I think it's more like popular like in the West. Hmm. I think in other parts of the world, uh, people aren't really asking that question. Mm -hmm. There's always been a big kind of background of, religion and spirituality mm -hmm. that I think for some reason in the West, especially like in Seattle, I would say Seattle's like, I don't know what we are. We're <laughs> like D, all the above. Like mm. we have spirituality, we have, you know, we, we don't believe in God and then we blame God for all the problems in the world. And that's some of the things that I kind of started to, to see more and more. Mm -hmm. So I'd say we looked at in the sermon, like how can we prove God's existence? We looked at creation. We looked at conscience. We looked at the reality of evil and pain mm -hmm. and suffering as all as uh, things or lampposts that paint the way and show that there actually is a God versus there is no God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of creation, little question for everybody to answer. What in creation makes you go, oh, man, yeah, God's super real? I'll go first. For me, it's whales. Mm -hmm. I go whale watching mm -hmm. And they're just so big and majestic. And I'm mm. like, God is so real and so good. These creatures are incredible. It's just mind blowing. Mm. The ocean in general too, but mm. whales specifically are just so cool to me. It's mm. good. <laughs> I think for me, um, definitely high like mountain areas. Um, mm. Like if you get up into the Sierras, mm -hmm and are just surrounded by just the smells of the trees that are up there. Like they're unlike anything else. Mm. And then the sun feels different because you're at high elevation. Mm. You feel different because you're at high elevation. And I just feel like 
like the Sierras is, was one of God's playgrounds where he's just like, I'm going to go off a little bit <laughs> and like create waterfalls and streams. Yeah. And I can visit the same stretch of river or stream year after year after year, and it will look and feel completely different, mm -hmm. even though it's the same place. Mm -hmm. And how I feel in that, like, it will make me feel different. So yeah. I'm like, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Yeah, That's I mentioned good. it in the uh, sermon, but, like, I'd say two things. Number one is, like, uh, is your our eyes. Um, mm -hmm. Our eyes, I didn't mention this in the sermon, but our eyes, like, I love that one meme that's, like, you know, someone would, like, rob a bank, and then it's, like, the picture of it is, like, all blurry. Mm. But then it's, like, when you're trying to see your ring camera, it's, like, <laughs> you can't, you, you, you can't make out the ring camera, but you could but you can make out this other quality of this other picture mm -hmm. where it's like, we're looking at stars and galaxies, distant galaxies. You can see all these things, but yet I can't see who's on my ring camera. Hmm. Um, and then that just makes me think about the eyes and how there's certain things in space that you can, you can see with your eyes that you need to spend like thousands of dollars mm -hmm. or millions of dollars for your, your, for your telescope to even see. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, fam. That's nuts, yeah. you know, and to think like cameras have, you know, like the, the, the shutter to open and close to capture the light and then has a sensor to, you know, change the beautifulness of the image. It's like our eyes do that. Mm -hmm. Like that's nuts. Um, and then the other one is just perfect circles of planets. Oh, yeah. Like that is, to me is just crazy. And they're all <laughs> moving and like I'm like, come on, fam. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. That just makes me absolutely marvel. Yeah. Uh, I think um, I think there's a fine tuning aspect for sure for me at like a macro and micro level that um, yeah we are brilliant like human beings are brilliant mm -hmm. and have uh, continued to build and use tools for our intellect to understand more and more and I think inside of a worldview where God is not present sometimes there can be this idea that eventually everything will be known. I think that there's some there's some kind of pride and hubris that's that's uh, really revealed in that because at a distance that is not as far as it should be, we are making nothing but guesses as it relates to the universe. Mm -hmm. Like we are making nothing but guesses, yeah. and they're good guesses, but they're guesses. And that is, you know, if we're to think about it in terms of the types of distances that we're talking about. Um, getting to Mars is like our interplanetary cul-de-sac. And that's like, wouldn't it be cool if we could get people there and live there? You know, like, <laughs> um, and, and God spoke it into existence. Like it wasn't even in the footnotes. It was just like, oh yeah, yeah. Like, I guess I'm making Earth, I'll make Mars too. And then, <laughs> I, and then I think on the other side, the like micro fine tuning that we have molecular biologists that are looking so granular, so detailed, but once you get too far in, the types of, like, we still don't know. The smartest mind in the world does not really understand how atoms work. Mm. There are binding agents that we are just making really good assumptions about, but they're assumptions. And I think um, there is a point that I think when you talked about it this weekend, that, that, you know, when we think about uh, Romans 1, that these things are written on our hearts, right? Like, I just think that there's something, if you look at this, you're either acknowledging, I'm fine with living with the guesses, I'm fine with it, or I think there is something, it's usually referred to as the unmoved mover, there's something bigger than all of this mm -hmm. that didn't just put it in place, but according to Colossians, is holding it together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and I think if we don't know how atoms and molecules are held together, and then Jesus says, I hold everything together, I'm like, hey, spoiler mm -hmm. alert, I think I know how they're <laughs> held together, you know? Preach. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me, those are, those are always like, as cool as everything is, there's parts of this that nobody can explain. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, yeah, for me, points to God. That's a word in there. Yeah. The God who holds the world together when your life is falling apart. Mm -hmm. He holds it together. Amen. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Preach. Yeah. So for us, we might think, man, how could we see this world exist in this world? And it obviously points to creator. But you, um, you said that in preparation for this message, you asked some friends four questions. Mm -hmm. And were any of their answers, no, there's no creator? And what were those conversations like? How did you balance... 
you know, teaching to groups of people that might be in the same room of, yes, obviously there's a creator, and then, no, we're not on the same page at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, imperfectly. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just say that off the jump, mm -hmm. um, you know, which is a beautiful dynamic, <clears throat> um, which just speaks to, I think, even what Phil just said, the complexity of us being able to even recognize those things and try to right. pull those different things out. But then even to understand, too, like what you're saying, some of the answers that I got, like, people, yeah, some people said there is no God, but why did they say that? Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's one of my mentors always said, Javon, it's never about what it's about. Mm hmm so if the question is, 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 is there a God or does God wow. exist? There's a reason why they say no. And there's a reason why they say yes. Mm -hmm. And then there's a reason why they say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. So what's their reasoning behind? And I think number the question. So if you weren't, if you didn't hear what the questions were, number one was, does God exist or is there a God? Number two is why, what's your current belief system and how did you come to it? Mm -hmm. Three what does your current belief, how does your current belief system address pain and suffering? And then number four is, uh, would you, would you be open to follow Jesus? Uh, why or why not? And, uh, I think we got real when it came to number two and number four, uh, number two was what's your belief system. And then how do you, you know, why did you choose it? Mm -hmm. And some people just choose it because they say, you know, we, we don't believe there's a God, but I do believe in morals. Mm. Um, I do believe in being a good person and and doing doing a good job and mm -hmm. and you know being kind and leaving the world to be a better place and I'm like all those things are great. Um, and I think in their in, in some of their minds were was that those that's that was the goal of life, which it's good it's good to have all of those things, which it's part of how we were created to. So just even hearing that was like oh he they're they're like. You know they're tapping into something that's that's real and true. And then it, when I got to, you know, would you would you consider the words of Jesus and following Jesus? It was like, no, I don't believe in Jesus. It's more of like a fairy tale, kind of like a magical created created story. Or um, I need more proof. Mm -hmm. um, I need more proof. Um, and so that's kind of the the responses. And I, I wasn't shocked by anything. Um, and you know, yeah. So you got. Those from, I don't think there's enough proof from it's a story or a crutch, you know, um, which I, I'm like, yeah, fam. But I'm like, if you go to, if you break your ankle, you go to the doctor and they give you crutches. So <laughs> for me, I really think that God, the existence of God, the reality of Jesus and God putting the world right speaks to and even gives an answer to why is there suffering? So oftentimes the pain and suffering question is why, why is this happening? Why, why, why? You may not always get the answer, but if you know the story about how the world became broken and the God who's um, on the mission to fix it, that at least gives you like, oh, snap, okay, a locale to start from rather than just floating um, in, in up into outer space where you don't know what's happening. So I think those are the places where really kind of like started to cement itself to help me even get the framework for my sermon of how 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 and why people address those and then trying to figure out how to take each one of those and craft them into into the sermon mm. yeah wow i'm glad that you went there from the does god exist to well an objection of that could be but bad things happen mm -hmm. there are there's pain in this world there's evil in this world there's natural disasters which you talked about later in your message as well and i think that making that leap for people was hard um well Easy for, for someone to say, but I have objections. Hard for you as a communicator to say, well, I see those and I'm gonna to try to take it there as well. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that you did that because a lot of people could just argue the existence theoretically and not answer some of the more granular mm -hmm. pushback questions. Yeah. And I thought that also the other thing too is like, look, we're, we're, we're preaching this sermon. Like this, this these like, there are people in there that are 150,000 times smarter than me that can talk about the granular pieces of science, mm -hmm. right? That can explain it better than I can in, in a 30-minute sermon mm -hmm. um, across different generations and different, mm -hmm. you know, different topics uh, along those lines. So you really kind of have to pick, like, what is going to be most valuable and how do you deal with these? With just also, too, like, having at least a decency of humility to know, like, these are fields that are not your fields, but the truth of the scriptures support these things so how do you and how do you communicate those in a way to where people are saying okay he didn't just say 
because the Bible said so. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like hide behind, you know, quote unquote, how people think, you know, oh, if the Bible says this and then this. It's like, yeah, it's the scripture say that. But like, let's let's tease that out. You know, yep. like, let's like, let's let's put in the work. Let's 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 show you the truth and the reality of this. And so I, I really I really appreciated being able to to go to those spaces um, mm -hmm. and to really deal with them, because at the end of the day, people are looking for um they're looking for some certain things to be acknowledged and some of those problems to be um, addressed. And that's part of our, our, our great job and responsibility and role that we get to do. Yeah, that's great. And as you were preparing for the message, what gave you trouble? Was there anything that... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fam. I just think the, I think the complexity of this question and the honesty of it mm -hmm. is, you know... Um, it just is the weight to it. Like you're a finite being trying to describe the infinite mm -hmm. and you're trying to explain to people who don't believe in finiteness, tell them that there is like, there's an, there's an infinite. I think that, that it was, that was very like, and how do you do that mm -hmm. in a talk? <laughs> Like, in, in 30 minutes. In 30 minutes, which I'm sorry, I did go over <laughs> on a couple of them. I apologize to you first and foremost. Nah, nah, um, nah. And, and to Big Phil, or I'm sorry, P. Drizzle. Yeah, thank you. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, so, so if you're having issues, it was, it was my bad. I'm sorry. Um, really, you should apologize to every kid's ministry worker. That's who you should yeah. That's who you should God apologize. bless you. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, I think that that's, I think that it was hard to be able to try to pick and choose and, mm -hmm. and pick and do it in like such a short amount of time. Right. You know, I mean, you could, there's books and books and books on this type mm -hmm. of stuff. Um, one of the ways that I did prepare was being able to watch um, debates yeah. of, mm -hmm. of, uh, of uh, apologists mm -hmm. um, and people who had questions. So like whether it was campus, um, mm -hmm. like campus conversations, um, there's a great, book by a guy named, uh, I think his last name is Turrent, Frank Turrent. Um, he has a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist, um, hmm. which is great. Hmm. And he goes into a lot of different um, arguments. And so um, listen to people like John Lennox, the mathematician, um, and just really was like, okay, from all these different people and the questions that people are asking and the things that I'm encountering, um, especially and then on college campuses and those different things. What are some of the most common ones? What are some of the most um, difficult ones to address? Mm -hmm. And I found one of the harder things to address was like the aspect of creation. Like that creation is like when natural disasters happen. Mm. Like how do you ex yeah. how do you explain that? That one was yeah. That one was was harder for me. We've we've heard it said in church world before that creation groans or is groaning, mm -hmm. and you said that as well. I've always not really known what that meant, mm -hmm. if I'm being honest. So, can mm -hmm. you give some more space and time to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think when yeah when that it talked about creation groaning, it's like you know to talk about groans or you know another term used, um, especially when it talks about you know Jesus returning, is that it's like pains like birth pains mm. you know mm. like the earth is shaking and the earth is is like showing like oh it's about to happen like something's about to to come forth and i think that groaning is it's showing that it's broken mm. and the mo like i think the craziest thing is through the fall whenever a baby even through as a baby is born as cute as it is young new baby smell it's starting to die mm. like it is starting to die and it's going through its life to reach that ultimate point to where by old age or something that they that they will pass from from this life and you think about that you think about genesis chapter 3 7 when adam and eve sinned and the first thing that they tried to do was cover themselves mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. sewed for themselves fig leaves well when you take the world's fallen already and then when you take you know um leaves from a plant it's already dying. It's still green, but in a day or two, it's going to be dead. So we see this decay start to happen. Yeah. And the reality that, um, that even creation is like, set me free, set me free, set me free. It's groaning, it's crying out, saying like, I'm, it's broken. It's not supposed to, to be this way. Mm -hmm. And 
I know I quoted a lot C.S. Lewis mm -hmm. in my sermon, mm -hmm. which I was like, hey, man, I wish he could have just preached it. <laughs> but he ain't here. Yeah. Make a chat bot. Make a chat bot. Oh. Hey, I'm going to need y'all. I know this is the place in space. Let's We've got get people. It. We've got people. If Joe's listening, he's probably already on it. Bro. Yeah. Lewis.bot. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Dude, for real. Like, we need to talk about that. Mm -hmm. um, but Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is like, it is like my favorite. And growing up as a kid, I used to watch the PBS ones. Mm -hmm. um, and they were terrible, like, in the production. But it was just amazing. And so getting to see visually the pieces of C.S. Lewis that he writes in the accounts of Narnia, one of the quotes um, in, in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe talked about the, the, the evil um, white witch and, and queen that it's always winter but never Christmas in mm -hmm. Narnia. And the ice had been all over creation so that Christmas couldn't even come. Like they had the character in there, like Santa Claus, right? Mm -hmm. It was always winter, but there could never be Christmas. And so it's like we live in this beautiful creation. Cre winter's not bad, but it's never, it's never fully been made right since, since the fall. And what would that look like? Where it can be spring again, as, as um, C.S. Lewis says. So I think that creation piece, groaning out, um, is, was like a... I think a big eye opener for me is like, oh man, yeah, everything's broken and it's not the way it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I think it was a really good thing to bring up because that's probably one of the most common things that I hear mm -hmm. of why people don't believe in God or they lose their faith in God. It's just this natural disaster after natural mm -hmm. disaster. And it's like, no, no, God's not causing mm -hmm. these things to happen. We live in a broken world and all the stuff that you said. It was really good. Well, and I also think it lends itself to Helping people understand, like, one of the things that is kind of, it's it's kind of our default go-to as humans. If we think, um, if we if we, if we we want to solve a problem, we go to such drastic extremes. Mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is, for some people, like, we'll think that if we solve this thing, it will completely fix the world, right? Mm -hmm. Or fix my relationships, right? If I could just have a husband, a spouse then my world will be complete. Mm -hmm. And we always, you know, go to these places. If I can get that one education, if I can get that job, everything will be good. Mm -hmm. I'll be straight, like, Lord, and my world will be perfect. And we do that, too, with even when it comes to, I do think we need to, as followers of Jesus and um, divine gardeners of his creation in Shalom, is to, you know, make sure that we're helping the environment and we're doing things to make sure that we're helping fix the brokenness in, crea in creation. But it also just says to itself, you can't recycle enough to fix the earth. <laughs> you can't yeah. drive enough electric cars to fix the earth. Like, you, you can't. You can do a good job mm -hmm. and start to till the ground and get it ready for Jesus to return. And again, it takes, it takes this, this uh, weight and it takes this idea that we are the saviors of the world versus that Jesus is the savior of the world. And again, it's not to say that we don't engage those things and recycle and build electric cars and do other cool things that haven't even been invented yet. I just heard that they're making uh, salmon that's not salmon. I've never heard of that before until I heard of it. It's like three, 3D. <laughs> they grow it. They grow it. And there's stuff that's 3D printed. I don't know, fam. It's just I've seen stuff. And I just know we always create stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So... That's good. We should do it. We need to do it. People need those advances in medicine. People need those advances in technology. But we have to remember that those things won't save us. Jesus, Jesus will save us. And because Jesus will save us, he's called us to make those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's an inherent nature in which there is a lawgiver. Like whether you consider yourself a Christian mm. or you're the furthest thing from faith, there is a lawgiver. It's you. It's a celebrity you really care about. Mm. It's a worldview you ascribe to, or it's God. Mm -hmm. And so this, you know, Javon, you talked about it this weekend, but this criticism that we levy against God, God, how could you do this thing? Uh, and therefore, I'm not going to believe in you or I'm not going to trust you. What we're doing is we're saying like, we're doing two things simultaneously. We're saying, I don't want to believe in God and I'm going to criticize it. Well, you don't, you don't get to have both. And I think there is this inherent law inside of yourself that when you go, well, why did that natural disaster happen? Well, what are you saying? You're saying, 
I don't want that evil to exist. And I think that's actually hardwired in us. God's like, good, yeah, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. want that evil to exist either. I've got really good reasons why I'm letting it perpetuate because I want more people to be in eternal relationship with me. And I'm willing for the kind of era of grace, as it's referred to sometimes, to perpetuate with pain so that more people might come to know me. But, you know, Javon talked about it this weekend. If we become the standard and we go, well, I don't want that bad thing to happen. I don't want that bad thing to happen. I don't want that bad thing to happen. What we're ultimately saying is, God, we want a justice that sort of hits this level. And usually the level that we're ascribing is our own level. Like we're saying, uh, this is kind of the, my bar. <laughs> and right. uh, Because we wouldn't put it above ourselves because then we get deleted, right? So right. we're going like, this is the level of if it's this good or, or if this bad or worse, God, take care of it. If it's this good or better, leave it alone. And God's like, no, no, that's not the way it works. Mm-hmm. Like my standard is mortal perfection. And so here are your options. I can extend grace in a broken world and invite you to know me forever. Uh, or I can restore all things as they should be right now. And in so doing, you cease to exist. And so when you put it that way, right, you go, well, I guess I understand why natural disasters happen. Now, that doesn't mean it's emotionally satisfying. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it's not awful for those people that are impacted by it. That's mm-hmm. not it at all. But to understand philosophically, like, okay, they're actually, this is not an accident. God's not going, uh-oh, I never saw this coming. <laughs> he is choosing to use the pain of our moment, whether that's something big like that or something small, like a personal disappointment or a layoff or somebody in your life betrayed you. All of those things, I think, are reminders that there's something bigger than ourselves in the world. Things are not the way they're supposed to be. And the promise of Jesus is he wants to begin to put that right in you, that you might be able to put the world right around you in anticipation of God making the world right forever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's, and that's, and I really, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's, the, it's good news. Mm-hmm. It's good news. And I think a lot of people have not heard <laughs> good news. Mm-hmm. They've just seen destruction. Yep. And how does God show us what the good news is, you yeah. know, in himself. So it's it's beautiful. Oh. John, I got one more question for you and then I'll open it up. I'm sure Jess and Phil probably have some <laughs> questions they've been dying to ask. Sorry for monopolizing this conversation. No, no, please. Um, at, towards the end of your message, almost at the end, you had the line that said, you may not get the answer to the why. This is talking mm. about these questions, but you will get the love of the who. Mm. Is that a Javon? I said that. You said that. <laughs> yes, Lord. You said that? That's a Javon quote? I can see a mug coming right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'll print that for you. I'll send it your Yeah, way. yeah. Because yeah. I think the big part about the big part about discrediting God is his character. Mm. And I think it's crazy. Like even when we just think about in today's day, if you have a PR disaster or if someone does something like you, what companies do that they are not, um, when they, they act out of character or they're immoral, is they justify anything of like, you know, this person to make it not seem as bad. And that's being dishonest, right? And then there are people who will tell lies about them or say whatever. And you're trying to, you're trying to do something what even you can do do or find in movies or in in the field of law you can discredit you either have to discredit or show that someone has credit right and i think what c.s lewis does when he taps into the screw tape letters is very good where he says like don't try to convince them of these things you have to try to make him seem like he's not good you have to discredit his character. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to make him look bad in order for him to um for order for you to win. And I think that we oftentimes look at the reality of the situation and the pain of the situation rather than the person who's in charge over all things. Mm-hmm. And I'm reminded that when obviously the the soldiers when they put the crown of thorns on Jesus's head and they wrapped him in purple that when they did that they were making him which is part of the whole gospel of the kingdom um, and him as king and god of the whole universe is that he becomes king over pain not king who authors pain to harm and destroy people but that he can use pain for your good Mm. not that he authors it but that he can use it because he's the king over it it must submit to him. And when you can say, a God who came and suffered in my place for my sin, 
and who goes through great lengths to fix all things, that all things must submit to him. I can trust that God in the midst of my brokenness. To know that God wore a crown of thorns, that fallen creation, mm. he gets killed by his own creation mm. and then wears fallen creation as a crown. To me, that's like he's king. So when you're talking about, you may never get the answer of the why, you know the person of love. Yeah. And that to me is, is powerful because like Job asked all those questions mm -hmm. and he never got the answer. Mm -hmm. He never got the answer. And I think sometimes we don't get the answer, but we do get the person. And if we can see the ethos and the ethics um, of, of the kingdom, which are the attributes of God, then we can see, we can see the answer somewhat revealed in Jesus. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, you bet, man. Yeah. Phil, what should we have asked that we didn't ask yet? <laughs> um... Yeah, man, I would love to know. Obviously, we get a chance to, you know, kind of chop it up a little bit every week together. But, you know, as you're heading back to Seattle today and back to life and maybe folks at Menlo are like, man, I really care about that guy. And it was great to hear from him. How can they be thinking about and praying mm -hmm. for you kind of in this season for your family? Yeah. Yeah. Be praying for us. We, you know, I got some great work to do as um, in the, you know, the NGO nonprofit space that I'm in and helping churches mobilize into their local neighborhoods and communities to really share the gospel and to show um, people how, how we are to be Jesus's hands and feet and be filled and dwelled with the Holy Spirit. So we've got some great work um, ahead of me in that. You know, my, um, my, my, my daughters are just growing and it's, you know, parenting is always, is always one of those ones that you're like, I got it. I need some Jesus. <laughs> um, so parenting, uh, just on how to navigate the spaces where, you know, you're, you're going, you're sitting, your kids are in some schools that may mm. have some beliefs that are different from yours. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, so just praying and cover over, over my family. Um, and then, you know, just for us to continue to have fun together and, and, and enjoy life. So this has been one of the best trips that I've ever been on. Wow. Um, I've had so much fun. The Bay Area is great. This 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 area is great. I've just been able to, in the short amount of time I've been here, like have so many cool conversations, um, dinners, charcuterie board uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, times, yeah. some ribs, some ribs. Ooh, you know, nice. like it's just it's been such a blessing, and it's just. It's, this the Lord's doing something special here, and so I'm 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 just I want to see Him continue to uh, bless my family and and all the things that we do. So pray that the Lord would would allow us to continue to get rest and yeah, sure. enjoy those things. And I think you know uh, if you haven't put it together, Javon is a bivocational pastor, which Javon's been a bivocational mm -hmm. pastor for a long time, and. Um, I think there's just something about that that I respect so deeply, right? Because like mm -hmm. margin for your family, uh, Heather's also great at what she does mm -hmm. and works outside the home. And then you have two little girls that you both love uh, profoundly, right? And so mm -hmm. being present for them and then church world and your pastor was on sabbatical and so you're covering some extra stuff. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, your day job and, uh, you know, like trying to juggle all that. I think it's, it's not some esoteric like, hey, just that we'd have a good life together. It's like, oh, man, this is a battle. This is a battle yeah. all the time. Mm -hmm. There is more uh, work to do than there are hours to do the work. Yeah. And so, um, man, I just yeah, appreciate you letting thanks, us pray for you. In thanks that. for that context. Because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, by now, I just it's like autopilot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. And Javon's been in high tech. He's been at uh, places like Amazon. He's obviously been in NGO world for a long time, but kind of always, I've always just deeply respected how, uh, yeah, ministry, it wasn't the side hustle for you. I feel like in some ways for you, the day job's kind of like your side Damn, hustle. Damn, for real. Right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's, that's a huge gift. And I think way more the future of the church, mm -hmm. way more the future of the church. Mm -hmm. And so to have some folks trying to live that out well for decades is a big deal, man. Yeah, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Got you. <laughs> John, thanks so much. Thanks for coming on. Jess, is there anything we didn't know about anything coming up for Menlo stuff? 
Yeah, we announced our Menlo 150 celebration yes. this weekend. Right. We got a big old birthday party Sunday, November 5th. We're going to be at Woodside High School, okay. uh, just outside off of 280, and Woodside mm-hmm. is the exit. Uh, so not too far from Menlo Park. But um, yeah, we're going to have one service. All four campuses come together. 10.30 a.m. So that's one service at every campus? One service at Woodside. Yep, yep, yep. No other... If you go to a cam, one of our campuses right. on November 5th, nobody will be there, and it will be very sad for you. <laughs> so come join us. We're going to have an awesome service, and then we're going to have a big party afterwards. Yeah. So there's going to be some fun mm-hmm. activities to do, lots of kids things. You can um, go to menlo.church slash menlo150. You can register, you can pre-order lunch, you can volunteer and help us because we need it. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be a really fun day. Really it's going to be, be exhausting yep. for staff, but it's going to be really fun. Yep. It will be a great <laughs> Anything day, right? to add to that? Uh, I think even if you're somebody that maybe, it, you know, I think that this probably makes more sense in people's heads if they've been longtime Menlo mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. And if you're somebody that's newer and you're like, do I really qualify? Is this gonna, I just think this is one of those moments that... Uh, years from now, we'll look back on this event and go, man, that was just so special to be able to catalyze and celebrate as a community something really significant. And so uh, mm-hmm. if you're thinking you don't qualify or that's a week off or should I, I, I would just give you one more nudge to say, make it make it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, make being there a priority and there's going to be something fun for mm. kids and you know, great chance to hang out and a service that I think uh, hopefully, we'll honor um, 150 years of mm-hmm. God's faithfulness to this community. Wow. Yeah, and so you know, if you put it in that framework, whether you've been here for a day or a decade, um, candidly, like in the span of 150 years, we're all kind of new to Menlo. Yeah, and so <laughs> true. Uh, I think yeah, we are equally qualified to be there. Yeah, okay. we've found some like old film reels, VHS tapes, cassette tapes. Uh, photo slides, all this stuff that's getting processed right now, so we can make a really cool like the history ones video. That, like stone tablets. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, yeah. 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 we've got some Eugene's yeah. <laughs> tablets. Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. We had to paint over them. Was they, it you? Somebody gave me the uh, like 80th anniversary sermon. Maybe yeah. So I have a. You, it's my so office. you're just gonna scratch out the 80 and write one. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one's yeah. ever heard that one. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's we right. found this book that has the list of every pastor that's been a pastor since it started. So wow, it's pretty cool. Lots well, of cool stuff. So wow. come check wow. it out. Yep. And if you have more questions about yep. this Explore God stuff, we've got groups on every campus going on right now. Mm-hmm. If you've missed the first few, don't worry about it. Come to any week you can go. Menlo.church slash Explore God to get all those details at the campus nearest you. It's gonna it's just awesome open conversation for you to feel comfortable in a space to ask any question you might have. Javon, thanks so much for being with yeah. us. Absolutely. Thanks Super for having so me. So fun. If you want to send over some encouragement for him or his family, you can text us at 650-600-0402. I'll pass those along as well as if you have any questions about this series or Menlo 150, just text us. We'll get back to you as soon as we can. And Javon, thanks so much, man. Yeah. Yay. Pleasure. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs> I was like, are we saying bye? <laughs> yeah. Javon, oh, thank you. Did it. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. On a Monday. Monday. I know. The whole week's thrown off. What are we going to do tomorrow? Yeah. Do you guys normally do it tomorrow? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. this is Wednesday. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is Jubilee the one who edits it and cuts it up? Uh, AI kind of does with Mark's help. Do you 